This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Over the next eight days of Pastor Ray's dramatic series entitled simply Salvation, we will be taught three key aspects of the life-changing salvation message. Without doubt, the greatest miracle any Christian will ever experience. These first four days will center around the very majesty of the miracle itself, namely being born again by the simple confession and acceptance of Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. Without first being born again, despite good deeds and a life well lived, none of God's promises can be fulfilled, nor the possibility of eternity in heaven be guaranteed. As God's unconditional gift with no price tag attached, God's word declares that it is by grace we have been saved. There's simply nothing anyone can do to earn it. No more critical a message will you hear than these opening four days and those on salvation's benefits and responsibilities in the following four days ahead. Here's more about God's amazing gift called salvation. Let's open to the Gospel of John, and we're going to go to chapter 3, and I'm going to teach today and preach and speak on a really, really simple, but really, really powerful and important message. It's a message that we all know, we've all heard, in fact, we're here because of the message that I'm going to speak. But the fact of the matter remains is that we need to keep this message at the forefront of our thinking. The message that I want to speak about today, and we'll probably do a couple weeks on this message, I think. That's how I feel about it right now. I want to talk to you about salvation. Now, the first segment that we'll talk about is simply this, something that we need to be reminded of, is that your salvation, my salvation, our salvation is, always was, and always will be a very free gift that comes from God to you and to me. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. We did nothing to get it in our own human ability and power. The only way that salvation comes is through and by the believing on and the accepting of Jesus Christ into our hearts, into our lives. And unfortunately, you know, as a pastor and as I've had the opportunity to minister to people on a one-to-one basis, it's amazing to me how many people claim to be saved but do not have the assurance of salvation. You can ask them a very, very simple question. You could say, you know, if you were to die today, do you know for sure that you'd go to heaven and be with the Lord nonstop? Because there is no, there is no stop. There's no such place called purgatory. You know, I was taught that in my Catholic upbringing, that there was a place where you go and you're on low heat for a while. <laughs> until somebody back home is praying enough prayers for you to get you out of that tank. No such such thing in the Bible. It's nowhere to be found. When a man dies, he goes, when a human dies, they go, go one way. You either go to heaven or you go to hell. I hope that you're heaven bound, but the only way to have assurance of being heaven bound is by 
your salvation that came to you as a free gift that comes only one way, the only way through Jesus Christ and your acceptance and belief and faith in him. Salvation is a purely free gift that comes from the grace and the mercy of a loving God to, the, to, to, to human beings that he created. But often in my ministry and talking to people, I found that some, sometimes there are, there are those Christians who don't even have the assurance of salvation. Because if you do ask them that question, do you know for sure? Are you 100% sure that if you were to die today, that you would go right to be? And usually, uh, more times than not, the, the answer that I would get is this. I hope so. Well, if you hope so, that means you don't know so. And if you don't know so, you need to know so because your salvation was, did not come to you based on anything you did. Not your good works, not your church attendance, not participating in the ministry. Your salvation came one way and one way only, and that was through your acceptance and faith in and on the name of Jesus Christ. Salvation is a very free gift that's given to man by the heart of God. So I want to look at some scriptures today, and we're going to focus in on chapter 3 of John's gospel, because Jesus is having this interaction with a Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus. And Nicodemus comes to him at night. Now, Nicodemus was um, uh, one of those religious rulers of the time, and he was for uh, all intents and purposes, a secret disciple of Jesus because he's watching Jesus from afar and he's seeing all of these signs and wonders and miracles that Jesus is doing. And he's interested and intrigued and he's starting to believe, starting to believe that this is not an ordinary man, that this man has got to be from God, sent by God, because only, only one who can do these things, uh, only one who was from God could do these kinds of things and work these kinds of miracles. Um, one of the other mentions of, of Nicodemus was when Jesus was crucified and he was taken down from the cross. You remember Joseph of Arimathea gave him, gave Jesus' uh, family the tomb to put his body in and Nicodemus went with him to do that and prepare for the burial. But here it says, and let's read it and we'll make some comments as we go along. In chapter 3, says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night. He was a secret disciple. He didn't want to be recognized. didn't want to be seen by the other leaders of the, of the Jews at that time. And he came to him and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered, listen to what Jesus said, and this is powerful. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you. Now, I love that most assuredly, that another version I think says verily, verily. In other words, there's no doubt about it. Most assuredly, I'm telling you, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The only way into the kingdom of God is through this born again experience. See, and, and uh, church, we've got to keep this in mind because, you know, we live in a day and an age and an hour where everything is getting very, very gray. Where there's this idea that all roads lead to heaven. Well, I'm a good person and therefore God should let me into his heaven just because I'm a good person. I'm going to tell you there are no good persons on this earth. We were all born into this world with a sin nature. We all have done terrible things in our life. We are all by nature children of disobedience, and without the saving grace of a loving God, 
we are hopeless and hell-bound. The only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ. Now, I know that in some churches this may not be a popular message to preach anymore, but God forbid that I would ever back up from the truth and the power and the awesomeness and the purity of the Word of God where Jesus talked and Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one will get to the Father but through me. There's only one way to heaven and one way to the Father, and that is through the person of Jesus Christ. The free gift of Jesus Christ. God made it so simple and so easy. He made it free and he made it simple and he made it easy. So easy that millions and millions and millions of people miss it in their lifetime. We the church need to resurrect the truth of God's word, understand it, know it, and live it every single day of our lives and tell the world about this free gift of God. Jesus said, you must be born again. Now, Nicodemus in his human thinking says, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered him and said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So what Jesus is saying, the water part of this, is the human birth experience. When a human is born, a human goes through the birth canal of a woman, the water, they say the water breaks, and then the child passes through the birth canal and is born. And Jesus said, because Nicodemus is asking the question, simple question, he said, well, how can a man you know, be born again when he's already born and he's old? How does it, he says, a man must be born, Jesus said, of the water and of the spirit, of water and the spirit, water and the spirit. So the first birth is the natural birth that you and I are born into this world. Now, once we are born into this natural world, there is a second birth that must take place in order for a human to enter into the presence of God and enter into the kingdom of God. That's called being born spiritually. And he says very, very clearly, he says, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So from what Jesus is teaching here, here excuse me, what Jesus is teaching here, I have to, I have to be concerned that, and, and focused in on this thing, that this is extremely important. If the way to the kingdom is through being born again, then I must be born again. It's the only way to the Father. It's the only way to heaven. Now, I've listened to some preachers and I've watched some, some it's, it's amazing to me how this particular message of salvation is not really being preached anymore. It's not being preached with conviction anymore. There are some churches that I've even heard and some preachers I've heard even kind of believe that there are other ways to the Father. There are other ways to heaven. I read a book some time ago. I read part of the book and I sent it back. I got my money back. So this is a piece of trash. It was, it was, a, it was a preacher who you know, I'd heard about and I read it and he's, he's trying to talk about what he used to believe, and what he believes now. And I, after I read a few chapters, I said, you better go back to believing what you used to believe because what you believe now is sick. Yes. Believing that there is no hell. When Jesus himself spoke about hell, yes. believing that that Jesus isn't the only way, that somehow, you know, man can attain heaven through some sort of good works and good things. That's not the way God set up the system because as good as man tries to be, man could never be good enough. As a matter of fact, how many good works you're going to have to do uh, would you ever have to do to fully understand and have the assurance of salvation? You, 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 that would be a cruel way for God to set it out. I would never know. I'd go through life wondering, questioning if I ever did enough to be accepted into God's heaven. 
That's why God's made the system so simple and so easy. But it's unfortunate that many miss it and many um, live their life and die and never give their heart to the living God. So he said, a man must be born again. This is, these are the words of Jesus. Must, in order to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born again. So he says, you must be born of the spirit, of the water, of water and of the spirit. And unless you, you are spiritually born, you're never going to be. See, when you become born again, your spiritual eyes are open. Ah, when I got born again, I just started to think differently. I started to see things differently. I started to experience God in a, in a whole different way than I'd ever had heard about God and heard teachings about God. But when I myself gave my heart and gave my life to the Lord, my life was transformed. My life was changed. Let's read down. He said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And he says, do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Now, listen, I like this verse eight. He says, the wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. He says he likens it to the wind. He talks about this born again spirit and he likens it to the wind that blows. You don't know which way the wind is coming. You don't know where it's going. As a matter of fact, you realize that you never see wind, just like you never see the Holy Spirit. You don't see wind. When you look out the window and you see the branches shaking and the leaves falling and things blowing, you don't see the wind. What you see are the effects of the wind on those objects. Just like the born again experience, when you receive Jesus into your heart and into your life, something takes hold, the Holy Spirit takes hold, and it's like the wind of the Holy Spirit goes through your life, and then all of a sudden people begin, and you yourself begin to see the effects of the Holy Spirit in your life, because you have given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. You have become born again. He said, it's like the wind, it blows in. I was reflecting on my own life, you know, well, back in those days, you know, uh, I, I hate to admit this stuff, but I was you know, uh, in my early 20s, in the 70s, um, and, and that was the era of the disco days. And I was a disco duck. I went to discotheques. Some, some of you are too young to remember discotheques. I don't even know they're around anymore. Don't care if they're around. But I used to go to discotheques. And I, I mean, I went to every discotheque in New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. I want find me a good discotheque because we're going to the discotheque Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. I wish I I could get all that money back that I spent at discotheques. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, you know, in the discotheque back in those days, you know, everybody got dressed up and, and, uh, one of the things that we, we, people would start bringing tambourines and start banging to the music. Well, I bought a tambourine. I said, I'm going to get in on this and I'm banging my, I got so good with ta one, one tambourine that I bought a second one and I would be playing two tambourines. I'm going to show y'all how, how it's really done. I was really into the disco thing. But simultaneously, God is working in my life. And, you know, I had been born again prior to all of this, but I had fallen away and I was about six or seven years walking in the world after my initial born again experience. But this is the interesting thing that the whole time that I was away from God and walking in sin and walking uh, without God in my life and not paying attention to God and basically turned my back on all of this stuff. It's amazing to me that throughout all of those years, God never took his hands off of me because I had a born again experience. The Holy Spirit had wrecked up my life and I was trying to hold on to my life the way I wanted to do life. 
as opposed to yielding to the Spirit of God and letting Him work through my life. But when I got to about 25 years old and I was still in these discotheques, God allowed me to fall flat on my face. Get ready, get ready, get ready. If you're going to box with God, let me tell you what, you are no match for God. God's going to win every time. Let me, let me also tell you something else. You have children, you have loved ones who are, you know, resisting God's presence in their life. Be encouraged. God will never take his hand off of them. He will work towards bringing them back home and bringing them into the family of God once again. So I was at the age of about 25 and I'd fallen flat on my face and for all different reasons. And I'm still going to the discotheques, but all of a sudden I'm waking up to the things of God. And I started my search and my pursuit. It's amazing to me the minute that I began to pursue God, how that wind of the Holy Spirit began to take effect in my life once again. I rededicated and recommitted my life to the Lord. But I got to be honest with you, even when I rededicated, I was still going to the discotheques. Ooh, Pastor Ray. Oh my gosh. Why are you all looking at me like that? You all, you all did it. Maybe some of you are still doing it. Shame on you. I'm not, listen, I'm ashamed of those days of my life. I'm not proud of those days. I wasted my life for those years. But the minute I gave my life back to the Lord, I'm still going to the discotheques. I've got one, trying to get one foot in the, in the kingdom and I got one foot in the world and I'm straddling the fence like this. And I found out that straddling a fence is not comfortable. <laughs> but the wind of the Holy Spirit is blowing in my life because I've rededicated my life and I've said, Lord, I give you my life. But, but I, so I'm in these discotheques and I'm dancing and I'm trying to drink and I'm trying to, and I'm in these familiar places with all of these familiar people. But somehow I felt like a stranger in a very familiar place. I can remember looking around thinking, looking around thinking, what am I doing in this place? I don't belong here. You see, the Holy Spirit was blowing through my life and it was making, you know, signs and things that, that evidences that my life was in the hands of God now. And I could not go on the way that I was going on. So, so the wind blows and you don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it goes. You don't really see, but what you, you don't see the wind itself, but you see the effects of the wind. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what am I doing here? I got to get out of here. I felt very uncomfortable in a place that I used to be really comfortable. That's how you know when you are truly born again. That's when you know that this is a true conversion of a human being. And it's a very, very simple thing. And we're going to learn and see what God says about it. But it's a very, very simple transaction. If a person receives the Lord into their life, that conversion begins. And it's nothing that you do because this is a free gift that comes from God. I didn't deserve it. You didn't. You don't deserve it or, or didn't deserve it either. 
I'm ashamed of my past and many things that I didn't. And, and I would hope that some of you would be as ashamed as I am of the things. But thank God that God extended his salvation while I was yet in my sinful state, in my state of rebellion, when I was running away from God and didn't want to have anything to do with God. He yet loved me and yet sought me and yet accepted me when I finally came to my senses and gave my heart back to him and my life back to him. And the rest is history. The rest is history. So let's keep reading. So he says, verse eight again, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell from where it comes and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Things happen. You're different. You don't understand the fullness of why you're different. You start thinking differently. You start acting differently. You start talking differently. This is all the work of the Holy Spirit that blows the wind of God's presence into your life. And it takes effect and it begins to change you day by day, slowly by slowly, piece by piece, bit by bit. It begins to work in your life and the Holy Spirit begins to transform you and take hold of you and give you a life that was different than the one you had before you accepted Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me tell you what, true, true born again experience is gonna bear fruit. Amen. There's gonna be evidence that God is in your life. You're gonna see it and you're not gonna be able to run from it. So it says in verse nine, that Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, are you a teacher of Israel and you do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak that what we know and testify what we have seen and you do not receive our witness. Notice that the we and the are, are all capitalized is talking about God is speaking. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit is speaking, speaking. He was speaking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the ruling class of that day and the Jews of that day. He's speaking, the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ, God the Father, is still speaking in this day. Amen. And the question is, will you open your heart to hear him and listen and receive him into your life? Amen. He says in verse 12, he says, I have told you, if I have told you earthly things and you would not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to the heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the son of man, that would be Jesus, who is in heaven. And he says in verse 14, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. Now, in the story about lifting up the serpent in the wilderness, because that was a type and a shadow of things to come in and through Jesus Christ. When Moses was leading the children of Israel from Egypt into the promised land, the children of Israel were grumbling and complaining, just like a lot of Christians I know today, grumbling, complaining every step of the way. And God sent a plague of snakes upon them, serpents. And the serpents started to bite people and people started to die. And then they came to their senses and said, oh, I don't think fighting against God and grumbling and complaining is a good thing. So I think we better repent. And they turned to Moses and Moses, do something. Of course, they always turn to the leader, do something, get me out of it. They get themselves into trouble and then they want the leader to get him out of trouble. Get me out of this trouble. So God turns, to, uh, Moses turns to God and says, what do I do? And he said, pick up one of those serpents, put it on a pole and stick it up. And everybody who looks to that serpent on the pole will not be bitten by a snake and their life will be spared. And Jesus uses that analogy and says, or that experience and says, just like Moses lifted up the, the serpent in the desert, so must the son of man be lifted up. So must the son of man be lifted up. I said, so must the son of man be lifted up. 
so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He said that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you missed any of the hundreds of inspiring, life-changing Bible study messages of encouragement taught by Pastor Ray on this More Than Conquerors radio station, such as those on salvation, healing, miracles, faith, forgiveness, and many more, podcast downloads of all these programs are yours free of charge by simply going to PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com and clicking on Podcasts. That's podcasts at either PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com. Thank you for listening to and supporting this ministry of God-centered lessons of integrity and victory from the Word of God and being ever mindful that as life's challenges come, God's Word is truth and will always impact our lives in a positive way in making us more than conquerors.